I just said, I don't know how I feel about that. He's kind of like another Adam Dunn. Oh, hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Federal Baseball's doghouse on the line after the national six-game win streak comes to an end with a 9-4 loss to the Cincinnati Reds in the nation's capital. They rallied, made us think they were going to win for a while, and then blew it with an ugly 10th inning. We'll start with Joe Ross on the mound, though. Doghouse unbeaten in his last seven starts, 4-0 with an at 6-1 in his outings, over which he had a 3.95 ERA, a 2.95, 3.03, 3.91 line against, and 43 and a third first career start versus the Reds. A uh, single wild pitch, hit by pitch uh, to start the first. One out, two run double by Adam Duvall, who continues to impress. I think I mentioned him last night. Two nothing Reds at that point. Brandon Phillips, a two-out RBI single, 3 nothing at that point in the first. Uh, Cozart, RBI double in the second, 4 to nothing. Puts him behind early, 42 pitches in two innings. He's out after 85, 84 pitches, uh, five and a third innings, 10 hits allowed, four runs, uh, no walks. There's a positive, two Ks, uh, but he was just not there up in the zone early, getting hit hard, 84 pitches total, 58 strikes and five and a third. Just a, not a nice outing from Joe Ross, who hasn't been particularly sharp the last couple outings. Uh, he got knocked around early in the first and uh, last time out, I should say, he settled in nicely and kind of the same thing here, except he got in trouble towards the end, too, in his attic tonight. Yeah, uh, if you're not going to if you're not gonna miss bats, you can at least try to strike him a glancing blow. And I, I guess he was leaving pitches up, leaving pitches over the plate. And, all right, nothing left the yard, but uh, a lot of, of, of decent contact, a lot of hard hits. A couple of things were bad with me. Uh, especially in the excruciating extra inning, uh, which we can get to later. But uh, as far as Ross went, you know, he was just, he was hittable tonight. Um, when when you got two and a third pitches to work with, uh, you, you really got to spot him well. You, you got to hit those corners. You got to stay out of the middle because there, there are a limited number of selections that pitchers have to worry about and, and try to, to compensate for and to cover. And if you're not going to completely overpower him with velocity or crazy movement or, you know, one of four different things you might throw to them uh, in, in one of five different places, you know, it's all coming in the middle and all kind of looking the same, uh, you're going to get hit. And I, I suppose we should be grateful that he only got hit for a couple of innings, really. Uh, but... Ugh. That was that was an ugly start and ugly finish in a game that was not terribly attractive in the middle either. I was going to say, in the middle, you had Dan Straley on the mound for the Reds. Uh, he tossed seven innings against the Nationals in uh, Great American Ballpark when they played there in early June. Two hits, two walks allowed, two earned runs. One and three and four starts since then with a 7.71 ERA, a 2.93, 3.79, 4.76 line against in 21 innings. So of course he completely dominates the Nationals. Uh, leadoff walk to Stephen Drew, a two-out RBI triple by Revere in the third. The only run they scored up until the eighth inning. Uh, he retired 12 straight after a leadoff walk to Bryce Harper in the fourth inning. Uh, but a leadoff walk, a Danny Espinosa home run made it four to three there in the eighth inning. Uh, he 
really solid start by him until that last inning. They maybe left him in there uh, two batters too long. I might have gotten him after that walk, but he gives up Espinosa's 16th home run and seven innings, two hits, three runs, three walks, four Ks. Uh, I don't know what it is about him that keeps the Nationals off balance, but two starts this year so far, he's kind of had his way with the Nationals. It's it's embarrassing to be one hit by by Dan Straley. I mean, you know, good for him having some success, but put, putting up one hit and one run in in six or seven innings, however long it took the Nets to finally get to them, I'm not going to look at the game summary because it just it depresses me. Uh, <laughs> he's he's not even a league average. You know, he's. 10 to 20% worse than league average by any of the measures you want to look at, ERA, FIP, XFIP. He's not, you know, he's, he's a journeyman. He's an innings eater. And he, of course, looks like the second coming of Cy Young tonight and, and did last time against the Nats. I, I, I don't know what it is. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's insufficient uh, obliquies to the, to the, to the Babbitt gods or uh, just just dumb luck or, or something. Uh, I, I'm glad the, the Nats finally did manage to get something going against him late because really that was just that was just a sorry showing. I think he only struck out two or three, but honestly it felt like seven. Uh, this this was a, a, a game that expanded your perceptions and distorted them in all kinds of unpleasant ways. <laughs> just a completely random side note since you dropped the word obliquies into our <laughs> story here. Uh, I wrote a screenplay for a, I don't know, a adaptation of a novel, let's just put it that way, and has the words obliquies right in the beginning of it. And I went and looked at it two weeks later and definitely had written obliques in there. So my baseball writing <laughs> is definitely interfering with my ability to do other work. But that's completely irrelevant, basically. <laughs> Yeah, humorous. Danny Espinosa's 16th home run in the eighth air got the Nationals within one. I believe he is now tied with Bryce Harper in home runs, which is maybe the most startling development of the season so far. What put one over the out-of-town scoreboard there. Danny Espinosa just in, continuing where he uh, left off in June. Uh, really nice swing there to put it out there and get the Nationals within one before they rallied to tie it. Yeah, I, I was actually – Selling Danny short, and we were talking about him the other day after uh, after his two home run game. Um, he is he is not a a slightly below league average offensive producer, which combines with his above average defense to make him an acceptable shortstop. He is he is an above average offensive producer, about five or ten percent above average, which in uh, in shortstop with uh, an above average glove, he is already a two and a half win player. You know, he's he's on par not to be a two- or three-win guy this season or on pace. He's on pace to be a three- or four-win season. You know, this this might be his best season uh, of, of his Nats career. Uh, he's he's healthy. He's, you know, a, a little feast or famine because, you know, he's not a high OBT guy, but that pop is coming through. His defense is still solid, and – you know, he, he could be putting up a season like we got out of Ian Desmond when Ian Desmond was good on the Nats. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that all along Dusty Baker has been talking about uh, 
trying to get him to buy into what they were trying to tell him this spring and the fact that he enjoyed some success, uh, not necessarily at the start of the season, but as it went along and they kept on hammering the things they wanted to do, shortening his swing, not swinging out of his shoes every time and trying to hit it out of the park. Uh, when you stop trying to do that, all of a sudden, you, all, then he starts hitting it out of the park, of course. But getting him to buy into that, and as Dusty Baker said a few times, once you see it starting to work and you realize that the advice they're giving you is for your own good and for your own benefit and for the benefit of the team, the fact that he's sort of taken off since then under the guidance of Dusty Baker, uh, Rick Shue was here all along, of course, but maybe there's a different message going to him. But clearly a, a different Danny Espinosa at the plate. Maybe the average still isn't there, but the, the pop that he had a couple of years ago is back after two years where he seemed to have struggled with injuries, of course, but seemed to have lost it. And uh, The defense has always been there, but 16 home runs at this point before the first half is even out, done with. He's five away from hitting the most he's ever hit in the majors. It's really been an impressive kind of bounce back for him. I, I like what I've seen all along, but especially defensively, but just really impressed with what he's done with the bat. It, it it really is. Uh, I, I think this is uh, you know next to the the eye opening uh, performance of Daniel Murphy this season, which and I would like to remind everyone because I haven't in a while. I was against signing Daniel Murphy, and uh, <laughs> it, you know es- Espinosa's uh, resurgence is uh, is really one of the 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 the, the big. Uh, big storylines of the Nats, I think, for the, the first half year. After Espinosa's home run got them within one. The Nationals rallied to tie it up in the eighth. Uh, Blake Wood came on, walked Anthony Rendon, who you might have heard had more walks than K's in college. He probably stole second, took third on a bunt by Ben Revere. I don't like giving away outs necessarily, but I guess when you're really playing for one run, that's basically the only time it's acceptable in my opinion. Uh, Jason Worth Worth walks, runners on the corners for Bryce Harper, sends one to center to tie it up at four. Bases loaded for Clint Robinson, but they can't add to the lead there, and that ends up hurting the Nationals. They go to extra innings. Blake, uh, sorry, Sammy Solis, who finished off the ninth, comes back in the tenth, and I don't know how much we want to talk about this inning because it just got ugly out there. Uh, Solis, where is he? There we go. Comes back out for the tenth. Eugenio, uh, Eugenio, however you want to pronounce that, Suarez, Brandon Phillips, back-to-back singles, a sack bunt attempt by Billy Hamilton, Ryan Zimmerman, who came on late in the game. Charges it, doesn't come up with it, unfortunately. Leads to the bases loaded. Tucker Barnhart with a single at that point. Bryce Harper kind of misplays that one in the outfield, causing more trouble. They end up scoring five runs total in the 10th inning there after the Nationals fought their way all the way back in the eighth to tie it up. It's a, not a good way for the game to end. The Nationals have been playing some pretty clean defense for quite a while here. I, I miss the total innings that they've gone without an error, but it seems like it had been a little while, and that tenth was just an ugly frame by the Nationals. Yeah, it it really turned into a poop parade there. That was uh, <laughs> that was just horrible. Um, I, I was ready to second guess Dusty there, you know, kind of wondering why he he put put Solis back in after he'd gone two innings yesterday. I mean, okay, he only threw 15 pitches, but honestly, Trinan could have walked Jay Bruce just as well as Solis did uh, and, and then gone after uh, gone after Duvall and then maybe uh, maybe you bring Solis anyway uh, to start the inning fresh. Uh, but it just seemed like the Nats were, were determined to lose this game. 
and they they would they would not be stopped and until we had been thoroughly crushed and and humiliated in the stands. Not a fun way for a six game win streak to end, but you'll take it five and one on the home stand so far after a nine to four loss tonight. And the big news of the night came after the game, Dusty Baker and the Nationals announcing that Steven Strasburg is gonna to return to the mound. Uh, I made my notes before the game where at that point it was still they were saying it was gonna be a game time decision. My opinion at that point was if you're having to wait until he goes out and throws before the game to find out if he can go or not, that you probably should just not start him at that point and let him rest up until he's a hundred percent. But Apparently, whatever they saw today from Strasburg, whatever he had to say, has convinced them that he's good to go tomorrow. Uh, are you surprised at all that he's coming back for another start here? And I feel like the, the, the way I was going to say, of, of course, being, you want him. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, who knows? Um, the, I feel like we've been prepared to accept that he was going to miss a start, which kind of made me feel like the Nats were, you know, wanted to be cautious. So I, I just have to assume that he seems 100% and the, the, the ribs have not unpopped or whatever the heck happened <laughs> in the first place and that uh, he's he's good to go. Because you, you've got to think that they're, they're, they're not going to put him out there unless they're pretty sure. Of course, uh, they may be announcing it now, and it's going to turn out to be a game-time decision. So I, I don't think we're really going to know until uh, someone gets out on that mound and throws a pitch. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. I, I'm assuming if they announce it now, after they were saying up until before the game that it was going to be a game-time decision, that they're confident he can go. But I, I agree, until you get on the mound and start throwing and warming up like you're going to uh, pitch in a game, you're not going to know for sure how, how everything's going to react and whether you can go back out there. So... Once again, poor Lucas Giolito is apparently going to have to wait around and uh, find out whether or not he's pitching or not at the last minute. I assume he's the one who goes down again, probably down to AAA. They were going to move him there before he uh, was called up to make his last start. We'll see if Strasburg actually takes the mound. Let's hope for the best. Uh, One more note before we wrap up on a long night of baseball again in the nation's capital. Ken Rosenthal's latest full count video, he's been – talking for weeks about not only the Nationals going after a reliever at the back end of the pen, but also adding a bat to the lineup. His latest one uh, says that the Nats have expressed interest in Jay Bruce, who's just played three games here in the nation's capital. I joked at the start of the show that he's kind of another Adam Dunn, which uh, doesn't seem like the kind of player that Mike Rizzo has been fond of in the year. He was hitting 270 on the year. Uh, I haven't checked out the rest of his stats, honestly, because I don't know if I buy this sort of talk, but Interesting, at least, that they're rumored to be still out there for a bat, someone who can play first and fill in the outfield. But the way Ryan Zimmerman's not hitting so far, uh, Jason Worth, as old as he is, and some of the outfielders not producing as much, uh, Michael Taylor, Ben Revere in particular. He also mentioned that they could, of course, just bring up Trey Turner to have him play center, which is what they've uh, tried him out there in AAA the last couple days, the last week or so. So, what do you make of the possibility of Bruce as a player in addition to the Nationals? Are you buying any of that? I'm glad you took that opportunity to make an old man work joke, frankly. Uh, that, that, that was my favorite part of that. Um, Bruce certainly is a bat. Uh, I, I will agree with that characterization. I don't know if he's the right bat. Um, you know, okay, he's, he's, a, he's a bigger Wilkerson 
He's he's <laughs> Clint Robinson only more. Um, okay, that's that's selling him short a little bit, but uh, I, I mean, okay, he'd help, but you know, that's uh, I, I feel like it, it crowds the lineup and uh, and the roster in in strange ways that will that will uh, impact intangibles unfavorably. Yeah, especially with a left-handed bat, I think. I think if you're going to add a bat, it's got to be, you know, you're probably in that case trying to replace Worth Zimmerman, basically, or at least fill in for them at times. Another left-handed bat doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. We shall be 49-33 and 33 on the year after tonight. One more at the Reds tomorrow. Steven Strasburg is going to take the mound. I did not look ahead to see who uh, he's facing, so I'll just scroll down quickly before we wrap up. John Lamb on the mound for the Reds in the series finale, 1.35 p.m. in the afternoon. Talk to you after that one, hopefully. Another win, the start of another win streak. Don't ask. 